Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face, they basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way it works for me. Just get a hold of me. And if you want more shows on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button and become a member today because you'll get access to all the Thursday bonus shows of the past, present, and future available on the website and the Castos app, plus the overtime segments, which today is an overtime segment day. So you're going to have a whole other second hour after you listen to this episode right here. And you get access to all the episodes from Tuesdays ad-free. So if that interests you, hit up theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Friends, the week is here. Finally, we are premiering Expedition Dogman through Legion of Legends on Merkle.media this Friday, March 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are going live on Merkle.media. That's www.merkle.media. No.com, just Merkle.media. For all the VIP premieres, we are going live premiering the Expedition Dogman, where me and my team went to Kentucky to hunt the dogman. We had some very bizarre things happen in the Daniel Boone National Forest, and you're going to get to experience it while we relive it live on Merkle.media this coming Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And friends, I will let you know at the end of the documentary, let's just say cliffhanger it will leave your jaw on the floor i promise you you're gonna want more so that's this friday at merkel.media you can be a vip to check out the documentary expedition dogman so if you want to see that and be one of the first people in the universe to see expedition dogman this friday you got to be a vip to merkel.media for this documentary and friends i just want you to know if you are a member don't assume you're a vip because you're not 
You see, the Confessionals is a completely separate entity from Legion of Legends, just like Hammer Lane Legends, my other podcast, is separate from the Confessionals, and just like all the people's podcasts that I produce are separate from the Confessionals, Merkel Media houses a lot of different products, and Legion of Legends Documentaries is a separate product from the Confessionals podcast. So if you're a member to the Confessionalspodcast.com, you are not automatically a VIP. You got to go to Merkel.media to register to become a VIP. And friends, I promise you, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll see you this Friday. Moving on, we got a great show for you today. We have Chip and his friend Josh coming on the show. They're going to share their different experiences. Today is an overtime episode, and we're going to have a lot of fun. But before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that today I was producing this episode, getting it ready for you guys, and we got a voicemail from Chip. He had more experiences. So before we get to Chip and Josh about their experiences, let me have you listen to this voicemail I got from Chip of some things that have happened recently because I recorded this interview with him last year and now we're airing it now. But since then, weird things have happened for Chip and he wants to share it with us before we get to the interview. So let's get to Chip in this voicemail right now. Hey, Tony, I was, uh, this is Chip. I was calling you and letting you know that uh, me and my wife had another um, just a weird uh, coincidence happened with us one night. Um, about two nights ago, we were um, laying in bed. And, um, I ended up having a very vivid dream, and uh, I woke up the next morning, and I'll get into what the dream was here in a second, but um, I was... Um, I asked my wife, I said, did you, I, I didn't sleep well after, um, and I asked her if she, uh, had a dream as any weird dreams happened to her last night. She was slept all right. And she, uh, told me, yeah, she had some, uh, a weird dream that she, uh, woke up and there was a woman standing over her and uh, she didn't say anything else but she just looked up at her and she just could only utter the words chip get it now uh going back to what i had dreamed and i hadn't told her what i dreamed so this is kind of what i think happened in sequential order she told me what she said she said chip get it and in my dream all i remember was i look up and there's a woman standing by our door and the woman was black. It was a dark silhouette. Um, and it was in the shape of my wife. And all I remember, I never heard my wife. I, I knew my wife was sleeping next to me. I could feel her. So I knew what was standing in front of me was not my wife. So I just remember I, I got up, I, I ran, I rushed at her, and I pressed her up against the door, and I said in my mind, in Jesus' name, leave. I rebuked in Jesus' name, and uh, I woke up. But I felt flesh, like I felt something. I, I felt real. And I just remember waking up, and that's when I had asked my wife if she had any trouble sleeping that night. And it was just weird how it all happened and seemed like sequential order. She asked me to get up and get what was ever in the room, and through the power of Christ, we were able to uh, defeat it. And I just thought you might like to hear that. So uh, God bless with your ministry, and uh, 
Thank you so much. Okay, today we got two people on the show. One show, two people. Today we got Chip and Josh. How you fellas doing? Doing all right, Tony. How about yourself? Doing well. Doing well. So uh, today we're going to be starting off uh, today's show with Chip. And how this is going to go is Chip contacted me about his personal experiences. And uh, we started the scheduling process to come on the show. And since then, he uh, is bringing his friend now as well, who has a lot of different experiences in Josh. Uh, and we'll talk to Josh then after we're done talking to Chip. So Chip, let's get started with you. I think uh, you did a great job laying out the uh, outline for me here. And so I guess what we'll do is we'll just start from the top with the white portal, man. What are we talking about? Yeah. So whenever I was about um, five, we moved into this house. Um, it's about 30 miles north of Indianapolis here in Indiana. And uh, we moved in there, um, two-story house, um, just your typical um, uh single family home but um we were upstairs and that's where me and my sister my brothers uh we slept and me and my older brother was sleeping in one bed twin size bed and my sister was sleep on the uh opposite side of the, the wall there and um i know i wasn't sleeping or you know dreaming in this instance but uh i woke up and um uh, I, I i rubbed my eyes because i was looking over my sister's bed and there's this white portal i can't i can't explain exactly what i saw it was swirling and and coming in and out of it were these like just these white entities and they didn't have any kind of form to them they didn't really have any uh figure it was, they were just like masses just coming in and out and they were just floating over a bed and i really didn't know what to think of that um it just freaked me out and i just remember um again just blinking trying to make sure that I wasn't just uh, dreaming or coming from out of a dream. And uh, I just remember looking over there and still seeing them um, just coming in and they were just floating. They weren't doing anything. And I just remember getting up out of bed and running down to downstairs my, to my parents' room. Um, and I remember looking back and I, I do remember as I was running away, they were, they were still there. Um, but that was really the, the first uh, paranormal um, encounter I really had until really until uh, i was probably around 15 um and then that's where we get into the the poltergeist at the farmhouse stuff and they're in uh and i'll give the location that's and that was in elwood indiana um at the farmhouse but the the white portal was actually at pendleton um there in southern madison county indiana interesting so when you ran to your parents room i'm assuming you told them and what'd they say I actually did not tell them. I just got in bed with them and I really, I, I kept it to myself for the longest time. I, I never told them a thing. Um, I didn't tell them that until I, I, I was way older. And uh, unfortunately, like I said, we really didn't have any other things happen there. Um, it was just that one instance. I remember waking up, seeing that, and that was about it. Um, but I, I don't know how to explain it. And I still this day, um, I still get told it's, it was probably demonic, but I, I don't know what it was. I do know this, that my mother did tell me at one time that my sister was looking up um, in her, it was either in her crib or in her bed. And she was saying she saw a light. She just kept saying she saw a light. 
Um, uh, that was the only thing I could really tie to that is that she, my sister had said when she was younger that she did see something above her that my mom, my mom couldn't see. Would that be the only thing connection I could think of? Interesting. It makes you wonder if there's been things that happened in the house that just didn't get caught by anybody, or if this was something that maybe was a, a launching point in life of uh, activity going on for you. Cause uh, you, you certainly got quite the rap sheet, my friend. Yeah. I honestly think that um, it didn't help going through life the way I did anyway, just um, kind of, <laughs> uh, I, I hunted it, you know, I, I wanted it, you know, I wanted to know more and I would, you know, I would definitely recommend this to anyone. Um, you, you seek it, you will find it. Um, it. It's not hard to find if you're wanting to see uh, the paranormal and, you know, being stupid teenagers. I mean, that's what I did. I mean, I would constantly go to cemeteries, graveyards, look these things up. I mean, I went to church, but I mean, honestly, I wasn't tying it to a biblical view um, like I do today. Um, I thank Jesus Christ for that now that I, that I am able to, you know, come to that realization of what they truly are and that they're not good and they're not meant to be sought out. And I actually thank this show because it was one of the ways I was able to learn that as through the show. So kudos to Tony. Well, we're just over here doing the Lord's work, my friend. So, <laughs> uh, so Let's talk about the uh, poltergeist uh, in the farmhouse. I mean, you got some things that happened in this farmhouse. And from what I remember, uh, it seems like this happened later in life in your teenage years when you were visiting your dad. Yeah, we were, um, we always went over there. Uh, I, I liked spending my time over there more when I was a teenager than I did being um, where I, where I, because uh, I was living with my mom at the time and I just didn't get along with her uh, husband at the time. But uh, he, li- he lived in this farmhouse outside Elwood, um, Indiana, and uh, it was a two story farmhouse. It's one of those houses that you look at and you go, that's hot. And I, I could tell the very, the very first time I stayed in there, it, something didn't feel right. I could feel a presence there. Um, couldn't tell you what it was. Um, but I mean, things would just happen there. My, my grandmother would say whenever she was sleeping, she could, she could hear him in the wall. Um, my, uh, we could stand in my dad's room and just, we could hear furniture moving up there. Cause it, basically downstairs, you had two bedrooms where my dad slept and where uh, his, uh, step grandchild, uh, slept. And you go straight upstairs to the left was my room. And then you go, uh, further, up and to the left, there was just like this great big, uh, uh, just upstairs room, like a play area. And you could just hear them up there in the play area, just moving furniture. And you knew no one was up there, it, but you could stand in my dad's room right below it and you could hear them. And, uh, but, uh, there was an instance too, we were, um, just being silly and we were calling them out and we, we told them to knock on the, on the, on the walls because my grandmother says she kept hearing them in there. And so me and my sister and her boyfriend at the time, uh, we called him out. We, we said, show yourself, you know, prove you're here. And we told him to knock. And obviously we didn't hear anything at first, but um, after a moment, my right after my sister's uh, boyfriend basically called him, I'll use the word pansy. <laughs> He's like, it's a bunch of pansies. And they just, 
I mean, you could, you could hear it vibrating the wall. Like, I mean, it's just like the hardest knock possible. And it was three of them. And we looked on the other side. No one was there. Um, Cause it was from connected from my room to the great room, the play area. And no one was there. No one was banging on the, on the ground with, you know, underneath the, the broom or anything. It was something you couldn't explain. But the, um, the one I have here that I forgot to mention was, was the streamers um, during the Halloween season. My dad would always go off all out on his decorating and uh, downstairs. He had two, living rooms you had one towards the outside of the house and you had one in the inside of the house like uh how do i want to say it? you had one on the outside wall and then you come in and you'd have another living room and you just have a doorway there it was about you know a five foot doorway and in that doorway he had two streamers he had one on the left one on the right they were not connected or conjoined anyway um and me and my dad were just sitting in there watching tv and we look over and we just see the streamer on the left, just, I mean, about child height, just run straight through. Um, there was, like I said, no mass. We didn't see a body. We didn't see an apparition. We just seen where you could tell somebody ran straight through it and it was just running right towards us. And, and then all of a sudden you just get that, obviously that cold feeling, that cold chill. And, uh, it's just one of those things we couldn't explain. I, I checked, I remember getting up and checking, seeing if the window was open, if the heat or something kicked on, um, anything, a door open, there was nothing. It was just something out of this world that just happened there. And things like that would just happen there all the time. Um, nothing menacing, nothing, uh, you know, hurt us. I, I remember being, uh, asleep and waking up to someone shaking the bed waking up no one's there i'd be there all along um and my uh i remember one time we had a uh, clock uh, no batteries in it but of course they would hear it chiming uh, so yeah just <laughs> many uh unexplained things would happen there at that farmhouse but and- like i said it was nothing menacing and so your your dad, I mean, he didn't deny that there was things going on then, I guess. No, he knew for a fact something was going on there. It just didn't bother us. I mean, it was like we were okay with it. I mean, I, I know some people might you know, raise a brow at that, but at the time, it was just like, it's not bothering anybody. And it never did. I mean, it never showed itself. And like I said, going into it with the without that, uh, you know, Christian background, we just, you know, we just thought it was some kid in there, you know, just playing around. Interesting. So, uh, now, uh, with like the clock chiming and stuff, I mean, what, what do you make of that? Do you think the clock was actually chiming or you were hearing some kind of like, I don't know, um, residual sound or maybe even, uh, I don't know, it's a mimicking of the sound of the clock chiming. I mean, as far as I can tell, that was something my dad experienced. And he said that the clock just turned on by itself. And it okay. was the, the sound of the clock. He said it, it worked as if there was no batteries in it. but it, it, Or it worked as if there was, you know, batteries in it. But there was no batteries in it. So he saw it working. 
he saw it going off and it was right. This happened right after my grandfather had passed away. And he, I remember specifically, he was freaking out because there was a, my grandfather had a paint, not a painting, a, a drawing done of him. And right where that clock was, was where he hung the drawing. And I remember it was right after he passed away, not long after my grandfather passed away, that he remembers saying it was him that was doing it because obviously the drawing was right there. So I think that's just what he kind of chalked it up to, that he was just letting him know he was there. Okay. So uh, judging by the way things are going to be going today, um, I want to ask you, do you get the sense that, you know, you had you just lived in haunted locations or do you think that something haunting has been like something has been haunting you personally no i think honestly something has been um following me my life i think i opened that door um just in general with the way i used to i would say since being saved since rededicating my life to christ um and that happened three years ago before that, I, I just, I wasn't a good person. Um, I did a lot of things behind closed doors. I wasn't good to my wife. Um, and before that, I just, you know, I did everything that, you know, I was doing behind closed with my wife. I was doing that as a teenager. And I just feel like whenever you're doing that, I mean, read the, if you read the Bible, you know, that, that's how Satan's able to uh, access uh, those, uh, you know, basically allowed to tempt us and to and to, you open those portals you open those doors uh, and i just believe that's what i did my whole life do you think that the first experience you had in life though with the white portal was then just a random thing or do you think that was some kind of a uh, marker for what was to come to that to this day i'm not sure what that was unless it was showing me that i was going to be sensitive to this stuff Cause I do believe I'm still sensitive, you know, even after, you know, coming to know the Lord, I still feel, you know, I mean, you can see in my timeline, I mean, I'm still having issues where, you know, things pop up. I'm still being oppressed uh, by demonic uh, attacks. It doesn't stop it. It does help. I know that he's, you know, obviously going to take care of it. And I know that if I call upon his name, that'll go away. But you can't take away the temptation. You can't take away, you know, um, like I said, I, I just know at this point, I think you made an analogy one time. And I'm sorry if I'm rambling. I, there was an analogy that you used at one point and I, or a metaphor where you were talking about playing basketball and being either not in the game or basically being offense or defense. I'm trying to think what episode that was. Yeah, I mean, I, I use the the analogy sometimes where it's like, uh, like say you're in a basketball game and that's your life, you know. So you're in the basketball game of life, and uh, you're on uh, you're on A team, right? And you're playing against B team, and uh, if you just stand at half court and don't engage in the game, there's no reason why the team you're playing against would ever guard you or even pay attention to you. But when you choose to actually engage in the game and fight in the game to win, that's when the opponents start start guarding you and pay attention to you. And I I, I use that analogy when it comes to spiritual attacks. Yeah, and, stuff. and that's kind of way I I listen to that, and I'm like, that makes sense. And and I guess what to answer your question, um, 
previous is, you know, do I think that's where I started? I think that's where I showed that I was again, um, going to be sensitive to it, but also there for the longest time I played defense. Um, especially right when I started trying to change my life, I was more defensive. I, I still didn't know exactly how to, um, I want to, I didn't know how, you know, fight. I know you say the name of Jesus. Yes. That's definitely your Trump card and definitely something you should do, but also like, where does it originate? Like what is causing the, um, the spiritual attack? And that's what I did not understand. And once I found that out and that's where Josh kind of comes in and really helped me out. And also just, uh, you, I actually asked you one time, uh, I can't, I think it was on Facebook. Um, well, you thought of Dr. Michael Heiser, and then I heard you actually had an interview with him that got canceled. Very disappointing. But uh, you recommended him, and then I read his book. And again, Bible first, and then obviously commentary second. But his book helped lay out the Bible so much better to um, understand where it originates. And then uh, having someone like Josh in, in, in your corner kind of guiding you through it that's when i went on the offense and i think that's where it's a different kind of attack when you're on offense it's more like it's almost like they they do not want you um on that side of the ball if that makes sense and they're constantly after my family that trust me this interview he they were trying everything in their power to make sure it did not happen today and uh, the reason why I wanted to get it out is because, yeah, I want people to have hope in Jesus, and I really wanted to make sure I put that on here. And that's the number one point. But also, I want them to understand that there is an original, you know, a, a place where it originates, and it's really important to f- to find that and to understand this is why you're having these attacks. It's not just because you're unlucky. There isn't a, a, a finally find where it originates in your life. Is it a sin? Is it a, uh, a family curse? Is it a generational curse? Um, find that starting point and, and take that to the Lord. And that's where it's going to help. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that there are things that can bring spiritual attacks on in life, uh, for sure. But uh, I, I, I do believe that just, just being on Team Jesus can bring those attacks in itself. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, the the idea of, you know everything gets easier once you become a Christian is I think a lie. <laughs> I think, I think the cultural lie, uh, not just from a spiritual standpoint when we're talking about spiritual attacks and stuff, but just in general, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times it, you hear the, the messaging of, you know, choose Christ and your debt will be paid. Not only sin, but also your monetary debts. You will struggle no more. And it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm pulling my collar out and they kind of swallowing hard and like, ee, that's, <laughs> that's a little yeah, rough. Not, not totally true. The Bible clearly states that uh, we're going to carry our cross. Or, you know, if you follow Jesus, he wants you to pick up that cross. And, you know, uh, yeah, it, it comes with trials and tribulation. Um, but, um, I, like I said, I, I, I got off tangent, but I really wanted to hammer that down because I just find that so important with, um, people that are trying to figure out, you know, what's a ghost, what's a demon, what's an alien. You know, it's like the Bible is your, that that's where your truth lies. It's 
there's no other people's truth. There's one truth. There's not two truths. There's, there's one. Um, and your Bible is going to be where you want to start. And, and that's the only thing to help me um, understand what I was fighting against and what, how I needed to protect my family. And I mean, and it just goes on to what, you know, again, it helped me end up finding out what I needed to do to like, essentially, you know, stop all these poltergeist activity. Cause I, since then I, since I have came to Christ, I have not had poltergeist activity. I've had oppression. I've had the feeling of being personally attacked myself, but nothing flying off my walls. Like, uh, you know, obviously I have in my notes here. Okay, let's take a break for our first sponsor today, which is Simply Safe. And I'm really excited to talk to you about Simply Safe because I'm kind of gearing up to rearm the house and not this house, but my new house. You see, many of you know we are moving from the Philadelphia area to the Tennessee area. Let's just keep it like that. And with making that move, we have to upgrade the security system in this new house because we're leaving our security system in this house for the new people that are moving in. So I am kind of excited because. I get to go shopping again for Simply Safe, and you guys should be definitely considering doing Simply Safe yourself because Simply Safe is the number one best home security system of 2021. Who says that? US News, PC Magazine, and Popular Science all say it, and you should be saying it too, but you can only say it if you actually have Simply Safe. It's backed by the best 24/7 professional monitoring in the business, ready to dispatch police, firefighters, and EMTs to your home. They have outdoor cameras, indoor cameras, window sensors. They got everything you need for home security right there at simplysafe.com and you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash confessionals. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with your interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash confessionals and get yourself that free indoor security camera plus 20% off your interactive monitoring. Go now. Yeah, let's go into the uh, Ghost on Lincoln Street, man. Let's do the next one up. Yeah, so Lincoln uh, Street's actually, uh, that'd be where Josh patrols. Um, it's in Nicholasville, Indiana. And I was walking home from the hospital. My wife had just had, I can't remember if it was gallbladder or appendix getting taken out. But she was in the ICU, very sick afterwards. So I, I can't, like I said, she was having complications. And I couldn't stay in there with her. So I had to either sleep in the couch on the waiting room or I could just, and I was dropped off earlier. So I didn't have my car. So I, um, I just decided to walk home. It was about two or three miles from the hospital, I think. So I walked, um, up the road and Logan street's actually the road that kind of leads into the backside of my apartment complex. So I decided to take that route. And it was probably about between midnight and two, 3 a.m. somewhere around there. I just wanted to go home and get some sleep just for a little bit. And I remember walking down and on that street is a, um, a funeral home. And obviously I wasn't thinking anything about it, but, um, I, I was 
coming down that street um, and I just remember seeing from the right side. So I was walking east. And so from the south side, I just see a figure all in white just start crossing the street. Um, and I was probably about 200, 300 yards away. So I couldn't really make out any details. I just knew it, it, it definitely had human form. Um and was just walking across the street and it was almost like a bright, bright white. It was just unnatural. It was almost like a, a glow, a dim glow. It was, like I said, it was, it was unnatural. I could tell it wasn't a person. I could tell it was something just not of this world, but I just remember I kept walking and finally got out, um, out of my view. And as I was walking up, that's when I know, I remember that there's a funeral home there and I just, where I seen it walk up to or into, and I just remember going past it and dogs just started howling. I don't know if it just started with one bark, you know, seeing me there and every other dog barked. I just know that plus I just seen what I thought was a ghost didn't help the situation. Um, so it scared me to death. And I just remember walking as fast as I could back to my apartment from that, from that point. Um, so yeah, kind of freaked me out a little bit, but I think that was my first time ever seeing an actual apparition. Yeah. And actually probably my only time. So uh, when when that happens and stuff, I mean, do you talk about it, you know, or is I, it something that I, you... Kind oh, of, yeah, I did. Okay. Um, I definitely told my wife about it. Um, she believes me. And that's the one thing I, I will say about this. Um, my wife has actually been through, if you go through my list here, she's probably been through 80% of them with me. I, I rarely have actually encountered something alone. Um, usually it's with an eyewitness or someone else in the room with me. And for the most of these, um, my wife has been there. Um, so whenever I say that I've seen something, she's pretty, you know, understanding it and believes me. And actually, this actually might be a good time. Um, to go, Josh actually seen, uh, not far from here. He's seen something black though. It wasn't white, but actually two row two streets over he actually seen something all right well let's bring on josh then uh josh man i you know didn't properly introduce you in the beginning of the show but you are a police officer and you've had uh different experiences on duty in your personal life and we'll get to those uh after we're done with all chip's stories but since chip brought you up and stuff uh what is chip talking about well, Chip's bringing up a situation that occurred on the evening. I worked night shift at this time uh, downtown, and there was this off of Monument Street. There was a cemetery. Um, and what he's referring to is, I guess, I was sitting on a circle drive. Where there was a couple officers that were dealing with a domestic situation a couple blocks to the south. And I was sitting in the lot just as a backup if needed and uh, working on paperwork. And at the time, I was noticing uh, in, in the darkness and outside my front window was a shadow of a person that was recognizable as a as a person um but it was a dark figure uh, with a wide brim hat and it kind of struck me odd and i almost got on the radio to act to basically let someone know that there was someone snooping around the area and i was going to be looking for him but i decided to put the mic up and i just sat there for a second or two and this the distance between the circle so that the size of the circle uh if you were to walk it um, by the time it got to the front of my car again, I saw it again across the front of my car. At that point, I'm thinking, well, this this is more than just a coincidence. 
Um, and again, it had a wide brim hat. And uh, at, at that point, I'm thinking, well, this is kind of an odd situation. Um, so it didn't happen the third time. And after the third time, then that's when I decided to go ahead and leave that area. Um, but moments, I guess, I guess, fast forward about a year, uh, we had an alarm um, in the house next door to the cemetery. And when this gentleman uh, walked away from my car, he walked into this house, this guy with a white brim hat. And so that year later, we were doing a security check on it, uh, like an alarm. And I had another officer that was with me that was oblivious to what had happened. And uh, we start to go check the basement. Um, and we get halfway down the stairs. And he looks back at me as I'm coming down behind him. And he goes, do you feel that? I'm like, yes, I feel that. And he goes, I'm not going any further down this basement. He goes, I think it checks secure and we need to leave. I said, I'm in the full agreement. And we, we uh, basically hightail it out of the house. But that was the house that it went into. Um, so I don't know if the house had something that occurred there, or if there was some sort of a presence that was there, but it was obvious that there was something, uh, in connection with the cemetery. So that was kind of a weird moment. So you're a police officer on duty. You see this, this entity walk into the house. Uh, now, first of all, uh, I, I know for a fact about 75% of the people listening right now are saying that you had a hat man experience. Have you ever heard of hat man? I have not heard of it um, until I was, uh, I guess, Chip had mentioned about it. And then so I, I was doing just some of my own research about it. And I guess that is a very common, uh, very common thing that you see, I guess, initially in that type of a realm. So that was my only uh, allusion to that. Um, so I had no knowledge of it prior to that. No. Okay. Uh, but what you were looking at in the moment, you know, because, I mean, your job is to keep community safe secure uh yes when you're looking at this was it obvious to you that you were looking at something other than a human being initially it looked like a human um figure um so that's what i because working nights you see uh, people hiding in the dark and in the weeds and you running from you so you can see those those shadows um so that's what my first thought was and i recognized it as that the second time around it was obviously not human um you could just tell it wasn't and then the third time i saw it, it was more confirmation that it wasn't and so that's when i moved out of the area yeah i mean it was, you know there's like no point in uh pursuing if <laughs> if uh you call that in and say uh yeah dispatch i i just saw a ghost go in a house i'm gonna go check it out and we're like what <laughs> you know yeah. So it would have, it would have definitely made the news and uh, it probably uh, put me in a bad light. So yes, I did not say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but when you went and responded to house with uh, a, another officer and you both had that weird feeling and you kind of just rolled out of there, uh, did did you guys talk about it at all? Did he did he suggest that he had a weird feeling as in it felt like you know there was some kind of evil in that basement that he didn't want to touch or, you know, I'm assuming it wasn't like, Oh, I think there's a bad guy down there. I'm scared of that. So I'm not going to go down. You know, it was not a feeling of, uh, if it was more of a person or a, a, a real type of situation, there'd have been no issue going down into the basement, but this was out of this realm type of a feeling. It was definitely a spiritual supernatural feeling. Um, and it was one of those that it was undeniably, uh, evil, if you will. And so we decided at that point that the, it was a small basement. So you could see the end, of, end of, I guess, end of the basement. So there's really nothing there to see. 
it was just that feeling and a presence and we decided to go ahead and leave. So we hoofed it out of there. Yeah, I, I understand. I mean, listen, uh, you're bad guy busters, not ghostbusters, you know? So, uh, That's right. you know, it's the uh, time to just kind of move on out. And, uh, you know, with, with a situation like that, I mean, after the, uh, the experience there i mean what do you guys do as far as like paperwork goes or calling things in did you just say uh nothing there or what oh from my recollection we marked in service and the house checked secure uh we locked the door and we left (laughs) copy that keep it simple keep it generic and move on (laughs) right I got you. I got you. So yeah, we're we're definitely going to come back to you and stuff because uh, with your profession uh, being a police officer and some of the things you had to do on duty with the spiritual realm uh, are definitely going to be. We'll we'll dig into that and stuff. But so so this experience though uh, happened not far then from where Chip was just talking about with his experience. Correct. It's probably about three blocks. um, Chip's experience was three blocks to the south of where this was yeah gotcha okay uh chip let's bring chip back on and uh chip with this experience now with the whole uh uh, entity that you saw uh josh shared what he experienced with uh the the cemetery the house uh listen is this is and this is a, a question that both you could answer but i just brought chip on so i'll let chip answer uh is it is this something that you think there's uh evil like there, there, there's just an evil atmosphere of the area uh a haunted area or do you think that this is something that was all just uh, the same or or what i mean how do you guys read this whole situation well there's definitely um because in that apartment complex that i was walking to i mean there was definitely a uh an apartment fire there um where there was two casualties um, Josh, I'm sure can remember that as a woman and a, a young son, but also, um, how I, I know for a fact, whenever I was living there in the, the apartment complex that my neighbor, it's funny cause Josh probably knows about her too, uh, was con- she was practicing witchcraft and I know it was a very evil type of witchcraft um very demonic um because her mother she lived with her mother there in the apartment and they were lived right across the street from us and it was actually the same or across the hall and we lived in that exact same apartment building that actually caught fire um and she said that she would see whatever she was conjuring i again i i'm going by off what she said but um i i just know in that area, at least in that apartment complex, that there was um, witchcraft being done and uh, also just bad uh, aura on it anyway with the uh, with the fire that happened and the death. And I mean, these spiritual entities can, will try to mimic anything. So, I mean, I kind of ch- I chalk it up to that. I mean, there there's a lot of stuff that happened in the area, and it's not a very good neighborhood anyway. So just in general, bad juju all around that neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those places that cops are in and out of all the time. Um, just whether it be domestic house calls or um, drugs or anything like that, there seems to always be something going on in there. I mean, there <laughs> we didn't have to watch cops on TV. We could just open our window. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. 
<laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, listen, let's move on to the apartment. Um, and this is um, not too far from Noblesville. It's outside of Pendleton, um, where the first occurrence happened in the uh, house. But there in that um, town, um, outside the town, there was a there's a row of duplexes. And essentially what happened there, too, there was a double homicide. Um, a woman and a, uh, a daughter, unfortunately, lost her life in that. Um, and I remember that only because my wife, um, she found this duplex for, for rent there and, but she didn't want to move into that one. So we had to look up the, I looked up what basically what happened, where it happened. I tried to look up like the, where the caution tape was. I'm like, see, honey, we're not moving into that one. We're moving into this one. So, but unfortunately I had to see what, looking for that, I had to see all, all the details of it, but Anyway, I think that's where a lot of um, that, uh, the the next thing that we have here, um, where you have a lot of poltergeist activity, because when you're in those that area, that's all people talk about. And I, I believe whenever these spirits hear these things, they're going to use that to their advantage. I mean, and they're either going to, you know, make themselves known as this woman and this child or you know, just something in that, in that nature. And there at the uh, apartment, the little duplex, um, essentially it's your, you know, your typical duplex you have, it's not a two story. It was just a single ranch style, uh, brick duplex where you have two garages in the center and, you know, one on your, you know, a duplex on your left, duplex on your right. We lived on the one on the left. Um, but for some reason, we were still having high activity. And this is my first time actually dealing with poltergeist activity. But uh, the first thing I can remember that happened there was, and I, again, I was very skeptical at this time. I didn't believe hardly anybody that you know said that something was going on in that duplex. One, because I liked the duplex. It was out in the country. It was quiet. I can go out there and have a fire. I can go out there and you know, play with my kids. It was just a, a nice place to live. And I, I enjoyed it. Plus, rent was cheap. But uh, we uh, ended up moving out there. And the first thing I remember hearing was my cousin or my wife's cousin was out there um, spending the night with us and he was sleeping in the living room and in this duplex. So as soon as you walk in, it's the living room and then you go further up doorway, kitchen, turn right garage. And then basically to the left of the living room was your two bedrooms and your bathroom. And I remember being he was uh, sleeping on the couch in the living room and he's, he, I remember he called us and he's like, you're all your cabinets just opened up and they slammed. And I said, yeah, right. You're full of it. And he, he swore by it. I remember he would, <laughs> this, this kid was like 15, 16, 17 years old as he stayed there with us. And he always had to usually sleep in our bedroom on the floor. Uh, he's a big boy and he would not sleep in usually in the living room by himself. Um, so he was definitely shook up, but I didn't believe him, um, there for a while. I, I just, I was very skeptical believer at the time. I just didn't want to admit anything was going on. Um, but, uh, going and, and it's weird because I already had experiences, but I just, at that time in my life, I just, I just wanted to put it behind me. I thought the more I didn't think about it, the more I didn't bring it up, uh, you know, I just, it'd go away. But um 
it just kept escalating from there. And that's when you would start hearing, you know, uh, the bathroom door, you'd be in there taking a shower, someone would knock. And I go out there and I'd be like, what'd you need? Anybody need something? And my kids would deny they knocked on the door. My wife would deny that she knocked on the door. And again, it's just one of those things like you can't prove anything's happening, but you're hearing it. Um, and things like that would just continue happening. Um, my daughter was real young. Um, at the time she has, um, hair down to her, her mid back black. So anytime she ever got out of bed and was standing next to your bed, you, you almost hit her because she's just, she was scary to wake up to. I mean, she was like the girl from the ring whenever, you know, she, Jeez. you wake up and see her, um, because she has such long hair. She, uh, she had long hair since she was a baby. Um, but anyway, um, there was an instance too, where my nephew was sleeping in the living room. And, um, I remember I heard somebody get up and, and, and running and go into the kitchen from my bedroom. And I remember getting up and no one was up. And, um, I looked in my my, uh, daughter's room and usually you could tell when kids are, you know, playing, you know, like they're asleep, but she wasn't playing. She was out like a light. <laughs> and, um, I remember going in there and flipping on the light and seeing if anybody was up and no one was up. And I was walking back through and seeing that my nephew was asleep or he seemed like he was asleep. And, uh, I remember waking him up that next morning and, uh, he's like, Paisley kept me up all night. I go, what do you mean? He's like, she was running up and, you know, through the living room into the kitchen. She's kept me awake. I go, well, was it her? But uh, I didn't tell him that because he was, you know, like eight years old. But uh, I, I couldn't explain that. And my wife would just constantly see something out of the corner of her eye. She'd be like, Chip. And I'm like, what? She's like, never mind. Never mind. And I'm like, okay. And she would always say, like, she would see a little girl, you know, out of the corner of her eye. You know, at the bedroom door was because we usually kept it cracked open. Um, and she would always see something out of the corner of her eye, but things started escalating and, and I can remember it. It was on the 4th of July. Um, I can't remember, I think like 2016 or something. And I remember we came home from the fireworks show. We didn't, we didn't stay the whole time and we came home early and, um, we walked in the door and there was, there was a painting. I had two, like three, two or three paintings um, of some Native American art on my wall. And the one furthest, so to the left there by the bedrooms was, was down off the wall. And um, I just thought it was odd. So I went over there and I picked it back up and put it back on the, the nail and walked away and it, it fell back down again. And so I did it a second time. I, I picked it back up and I tried to straighten the nail, you know, just making sure it was out far enough to catch the hook and turned back around and, and it dropped again. And my wife's easily freaked out. So she, she wasn't having it. So, um, I told her, I said, just relax. I'll go in, I'll go get a hammer and I'll, I'll fix this nail. Well, I, I brought the hammer back. I put the nail, I think I tried putting it in a stud. Um, I think it was Alice does. So I, again, it was one of those things I could just, you know, say it's just a coincidence. So I put it in the stud and 
the picture falls again right as soon as I fall, turn around. My wife was not having it at that point. She takes a hammer. She takes the the, the baby, um, my youngest, and she uh, I think she was two at the time, and she goes into the the bedroom and closes the door. And while she's in there, I know she did not open the door because you could hear it. You can hear every noise in that house. And I went out to the garage just for a second to grab a nail. I was going to grab a bigger nail to go into the studs further to hold it up. And I come back in and that picture is no longer in the living room. It's, I, I don't know where it's at. And I didn't know where it was until I walk around the corner and I could see it leaning against my daughter's bed. And I called my wife. I said, why'd you move that picture? And she comes out with her, you know, hammer in hand moved what picture and she looked she seen it was moved freaked her out it freaked me out and we end up um starting getting you know baby we're out getting packed up into the car and i realized that the lights are still turned on because we were going to leave for a minute i'm like i don't know what's going on it's freaking me out we just need to we need to go you know whether we need to pray bless the house i don't i don't know at that time i was still playing defense i i just didn't understand what I needed to do, I was at that time trying to get back into church and um, just I, I had no answers. And if try going to ask in a Baptist church for what to do with ghosts. And yeah, they're, <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty vague. So anyway, so I didn't know what to do. I but the lights were on and we were out in the car. And I'm like, look, it's my house. I'm, I'm we're going to we're going to leave for a minute, but I'm going to at least shut the lights off. Uh, my wife's very clean. She walked in there with me because she had to be with me. Um, baby's still safe in the car. But uh, we walked in the house and the lights were on in the kitchen. So we had to walk through the living room into the kitchen. And on above the light switch, as you basically turn around to face the uh, outside, there is a light switch. And above it was a picture, like a small little decoration. Uh portrait and then on the left side of the doorway was another portrait um and as soon as i flipped that light switch that picture flews it flies right over the right shoulder of mine and then the left side flies off the wall and we booked it out i mean we got out of the house um we called uh my i remember we called my sister-in-law my brother um because I think they were staying the night with us at the time we were telling them what was going on. And I just remember we didn't go back into the house until they got there. I mean, we were just that freaked out. And again, we don't, we didn't know what to do. All we knew was to pray to Jesus. Um, and it stopped for a second. Like I said, uh, we, that was the first time and only time we ever dealt with real poltergeist activity, but, um, it was definitely wild. Um, and, and that kind of goes into a couple other things that happened there. The, the other thing that really kind of freaked me out the most, or one of the things was we were, me and my wife, um, had a night out and our children were in, uh, over at a babysitters and we woke up one morning, um, there at the duplex and we, uh, we're just kind of just laying there lounging until we had to go pick up the kids. And I hear my name called and I, I go, why is the babysitter here? Uh, I don't even think she has a car. And I just hear chip chip. 
and my wife heard it and she's like, I don't know why she's here. And, um, we heard it again. We hear my name called again and we walk into the living room and there's no car in the driveway. Um, we open the door no one's outside. I mean, we could see from our window, we could see the whole front yard. We knew no one was there before we even went in the living room and we didn't hear a door open and, uh, it was just odd, but what made it odder or uh, more odd or sorry, language uh what made it worse to think about was i whenever i was looking through because for some reason i ended up looking more up about the 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 death of the the people a couple doors down and the woman who passed away who was murdered her husband's nickname was chip and that freaked me out a little bit um definitely raised some eyebrows and uh, again, I just I think again, it shows how much that the spiritual uh, entities will will mimic and use that against you. Very odd. Uh, in, in that house, is that the house where you had the night hag is- incident? Yes, um, I did. Um, that was while my uh, my uh, brother and his wife were living with us. The ones I told you about earlier, how we waited till they got home. They weren't living with us at that time, but they ended up moving in with us and uh, our bed was on the floor our mattress was on the floor at that time because uh the frame had gotten broke and i remember i was laying the mattress is right there by the doorway and i was i remember being asleep and and i remember waking up but i was like it's weird because i've heard this with sleep paralysis and and, uh where it's like you're in your body, but you're like sitting up. Like, you know, you're laying down, but you're sitting up. And it was almost like an out of body experience because when I was sitting up, I could look down the hallway and I could see just this girl. It looked like from the ring, she had pale white skin. I could not see her eyes. Her, her hair was covering her eyes and she was crawling. And I just remember she she crawled as close to the point where I could I could feel her breath, I could feel it, and I was like I gotta I gotta break out of this I gotta break out of this. And as soon as I was starting to think that, I remember being in my body and I remember swinging my arm like I was going to hit her, and I just woke up hitting the wall. But I mean, it's not the first time I've had sleep paralysis, but that that was. I don't remember dreams. And I know you've said that on your podcast. You don't remember yours. I don't remember mine. I do not remember them. So I think the ones that we do remember, they're significant. And I don't know what that thing was, but I feel like it's something that was following me for a while. And I just remember not long after that, like I said, I was getting into church. Um, not yet at the church where I'm at now, where I'm at Josh. But I was really getting into this stuff, and I'm pretty sure I was listening to your podcast and, and started getting into Michael Heiser. Um, but it was like a turning point uh, for me because um, I really, at that point, I wanted to defend these things off. And I can't remember if I have it in the notes or, yeah, um, where my wife had a similar experience um, in her sleep. And this is. This was right when um, I, I said enough's enough. She was sleeping and 
she said she remembers waking up and she was floating above her. So she actually had an out of her body experience. And she was floating above her bed, our bed, and she could see me and her sleeping. And she looked down and she just seen these four hooded figures and they looked like kids. And they were wearing black hoods. And she just remembers them looking up and just start smiling. And the, you know the smile, ear to ear. Um, just this demonic smile. And they just kept saying, we got you. We got you. And she told me, she says she remembers screaming at the top of her lungs for her to, for me to wake up. And I'm a light sleeper. If she was to be screaming, I would have woke up. I don't believe she, you know, dream state, different reality, different realm, whatever you want to call it. She's seen these entities. I, along with that one, I was crawling. These are the ones that were bothering us. These are the ones that were throwing pictures off the wall. These are the ones that were calling our name. Um, she's seen them without a doubt. And I remember she came to me. I, I went to work. She was still asleep. I came home and she told me about it. And at that point, I was angry. I grabbed my Bible. And she was very, like, shook up about it because I started screaming at the top of my lungs. I think I was reading Psalm 23, Psalm 91, uh, rebuking them in the name of Jesus. You have to go. You need to flee. Go back to where Jesus said, you know, you know, when you go where Jesus tells you to go, go to the foot of the cross, whatever. I was angry. I, re- I just remember taking the Bible. And at that point, the the major demonic um instance started it just went away i mean we still had a couple things here and there uh, my, my grandmother's uh ring that she gave to my wife uh ended up out of the jewelry box and, and uh, we found it underneath our dresser um both times don't know how i got there um but that was really the only instance i could think of that, uh, that happened um and that was kind of what escalated me to finally um tell myself like it's it's time to go against these things and and rebuke them and get rid of them and uh, that's when i really started getting into spiritual warfare and understanding it Okay, for our last sponsor today, we have Cerebral, which is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. You see, I've been talking about Cerebral for, I think, about a year now, and the reason why that is is because over the last two years with the COVID stuff, there's been a lot of people that have been dealing with anxiety and depression because the state of the world was kind of like making them check out, you know? And in 2022, it's not getting much better for some people because we're kind of moving away from the COVID stuff, but we're now migrating our minds into this idea of possibly entering into World War III. And there's a lot of people that are upset about it and having a lot of anxiety and depression. And those are kind of things that you need to get checked out before it gets to be 
a too serious of a situation for you and your mental health. And Cerebral is a good option for that because they do it on your schedule. You don't have to check into an office. You do it right from your home over the computer, your phone. You meet with a counselor and you get that help you need in the comfort of your own home. And they also will ship medication right to your door. You don't have to pick it up anywhere. Everybody's running tight schedules. It comes right to your house and on your schedule. And here's another great thing about it. It's affordable. They have affordable treatments that are one third the price of traditional therapy. So if you think that it's outside your budget, chances are you're probably wrong on that one. So if you think you need some help and you want to do it in a more comfortable way, in an affordable way, check out Cerebral. And for our listeners of this program, you can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash Tony. Go to Cerebral.com slash Tony for 65% off your first month. That's just a total of $30 to get started. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Okay, so Chip, you are just getting into this whole spiritual warfare stuff in these situations. Uh, So I take it that this place that you were living in with these experiences, uh, this was an apartment. Uh, I'm assuming that these experiences then really kind of shaped your your mind on how to kind of attack these things like before like you've had experiences before this and uh it it took till this point for you to kind of take a different approach to this is what it sounds like yeah because at this time i was really trying to um shape my life anyway i really during this time i actually had just done a um, study on manhood it was called manhood restored it's actually done by eric mason he's actually from your area he's a pastor there Philly, Dude, you, you know eric mason i do i did his manhood restored i loved it he he uh pastor of epiphany right mm-hmm. yeah I I, so. I I used to, i used to run down there all the time like all the time because i i used to be part of music stuff in philadelphia and a lot of the rapper the christian rappers went to the church there like oh wow that's crazy that's crazy i never thought i'd have eric mason pop up my show <laughs> uh, no, I, I loved it he has a a book out and a, a study or a, it's more of like a seminar type of deal you do like seven weeks of it i think but it was called manhood restored and it just it just gives you no excuse to lie around and just you know want everything handed to you. You don't have a dad in your life. You have one in heaven, you know, just it's time to step up, be the man. And he really spoke to me and I was just like, all right, I got to step up. And that's when I really started getting to the, the spiritual warfare. He didn't really talk about it much, but his, like I said, his book and his, the, that study we did at the church uh, really was my launching point. And, um, as I was saying, like, like I said, after that, we really didn't have too much happen there. And that's when we started going to this new church. Um, and I actually moved to a different house. I'm actually living in a house that my mom owned. Well, she owns it still. We're in the process of buying it. But anyway, uh, we're, we live over here now. And um, again, nothing really happening here um, because at this point, I'm putting on the armor of God. It's just, it's a totally different atmosphere over here. Um, I remember moving in um, and this is after talking to Josh and him really kind of going through the spiritual warfare and just understanding it and just um, 
his, more or less hearing his his uh, explanation of it, and it really really just spoke to me. And it was just you know rebuking generational curses, you know, going after it. And he um, a lot of what he talks about is something uh, by an author of John Ramirez. Uh, he's a, his book Armed and Dangerous is really good too. Again, Bible first. I think uh, you know get something that kind of talks over the Bible, but Armed and Dangerous definitely recommend it to anybody. Um, but uh, I, I remember I was sitting at a park not far from here, um, and I was facing the house, and I just remember praying, and I was praying for you know peace over the house, uh, basically for me to be the spiritual leader of the house basically just taking a, a step forward in my faith and saying, I, I want ownership of, you know, the house belongs to God, but I, I want to take a stand and I want God to uh, use me as his instrument to just fight these entities and to just lead my family and protect them and um, go in a different um, direction. But during that time, that's when I felt the first the first time I ever felt something attack me personally. And I just remember something pressing against me. It was holding me against the seat, holding my neck back, holding my arms back. And at that point I had to rebuke it. It was like a test almost. It was almost like, let's see what you got. And I just remember I, I just went into this all out prayer to God and it's all out like, uh, I was rebuking it. I, I just, I took control and I felt like I finally had the upper hand and it was only because of the power of God, but I, I felt like I had the upper hand, um, because I was finally using what God gives us, what Jesus Christ gives us to, to fight against these things. And I just remember having this feeling in my chest after that, it was like this, this, burning in my chest and I could, I had a shortness of breath. I, I had it for a long time. And I remember I called Josh um, right after that and I talked to him. I said, I, I just had this experience at the park. I, 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 I can't breathe hardly. And he, that's when he told me, you just earned your badge of honor. They're they're They know now what you stand for and they're going to come for you. And most likely it's going to be like, for 21 days as it was like in the I think it was 21 days I wish I had my Bible out it's in the book of Daniel where he fought the prince of uh, prince of Persia um, and he was referencing that I believe um, and I just remember for those 21 days it was just constant um, battles um, in my mind in my dreams um, I was having bad nightmares um, I, I'd be having, and I, there was two nightmares in particular I can remember. I just remember one of them being, um, I was in my old, old apartment. I was coming out of my bedroom. And as soon as you come out of your, my bedroom, there's a hallway closet where we had like linens and stuff or and towels and it was open. And I don't know why this is important. I just remember I shut it and I said, flee. Like something was there that had opened it. I said, flee, get out of my house. And I ended up turning around. And if you turn around from there next to my room is my daughter's room where my two daughters will sleep. And I walked in there and I remember sitting on the bed and 
and I've heard this on your show where it was almost like infrasound. It was almost like I was paralyzed. I could not move, but I, before I was paralyzed, I just heard this like deep hum, this deep, it was almost like a high, someone turned the bass all the way up and it was ringing in my ears. All right, hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. Before you go any further on this, was it almost like a, like, like a, like a speaker going, whoop, whoop, whoop. It was, like I said, it was like someone just went the start of like Iron Man by Black Sabbath, like that, gotcha. like that. It was like this deep bass. And it just, it went, it hit the top of my head and it just froze my whole body and I could not move. And I was sitting on the edge of the bed and all of a sudden I just hear this guttural growl from behind me. And I could, of course I can't speak, but I'm using the name of Jesus in my mind and I'm just praying it and praying it and praying it. And before I know it, I'm sinking, like just sinking into the floor. And I remember waking up. The second dream I dreamed, I just remember looking, I don't know where I was. I just remember being there in a bedroom or something, looking at like a clock on the wall. And it was like a red tent to the room. And I felt the same exact feeling. I felt the the infrasound type of paralysis. Like, Like I said, like somebody was... There was just this deep bass um, sound, and I started from the top of my head and worked my way down to my feet. And this time, not only did I hear the growl, I heard something say, hello, in the deepest voice, and then I woke up. Um, So, I mean, we've had those instances instances happening there at the house, but it's nothing, it's always been directed to, to me. The other instance I could think of here at my house now, um, the main thing I can think of, and this is, again, something me and my wife both, there's no denying it happened. And this is, we were not sleeping. It was not a dream. Uh, Both awake for it. Um, We were laying there about to go to sleep. And I just remember I had just put my head down. And in my mind's eye, I see a woman. And she's basically leaning over my wife, who sleeps, you know, on my right. So she's, I'm looking to my right, and I see this woman. And I get it's in my mind's eye. I don't actually see it, like, physically. It's in my mind's eye. And then there's this woman just towering over her, looking straight down at me. Just, uh, her eyes are milky white. I can't, it was an older woman. And I just started praying in my head, um, name of Jesus, you need to go. You're not welcome here. You need to leave. You know, I was, you know, praying the prayer in my head. And as I'm praying the prayer, I'm not praying out loud. Uh, my wife cannot hear me. I'm praying in my head. My wife speaks to me and says, Chip, you need to pray right now because there is a woman standing right above me. And I said, on it. (laughs) I didn't tell her at that point that I knew or I had already seen it in my mind that there was something over her. 
but she could feel it too. And not only that, I, she must've had the same exact vision I ever, I had. And it was, it was kind of comforting knowing that we were not both crazy. Um, but at that point I was praying out loud and I, we've yet to see that since, but it was definitely a, a very bizarre experience to share with her. Yeah. You know, that sounds like a night hag, doesn't it? I mean, I, I guess that could be your definition. I mean, I like, I've only had that with, with sleep paralysis and that's usually when I have it. I didn't have sleep paralysis that night. It, like I was not dreaming. I, we weren't even in, like we were laying down. It was right when I turned off the TV to go to bed. And that's what happened. It was just bizarre. And I can't explain it. I just know that we, me and her both seen the same entity in our minds. And I know that I did not tell her I seen it. I did not mention I seen it. I was only praying in my mind, you know, for it to go away. I, just, I didn't think of anything of it. I was like, oh, well, there's something here. I just need to pray and make it go away. I wasn't expecting her to tell me she's seen the exact same thing. It was very odd. Yeah, but I'm sure it's a, it, it is, you know, reassuring and confirming. You know what the funny thing is? Uh, I forget so many of my experiences in my life. Uh, and I don't know if that's by design. Like God's like, listen, you, you, you do this show. I don't want you remembering this stuff. <laughs> like, but, uh, you know, and, and again, I, I forget. I just know recently my wife had just told me that her and I had, uh, basically the same dream, the same night. Uh, and this happened a few years ago, but I, I, again, I can't remember what she told me. It's the craziest thing that I can't remember my dreams. My wife remembers my dreams when I tell her and I forget them. She just told me literally like a week ago, this whole story. I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that. And I can't remember it again. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It, it, maybe it's just that I'm stupid. I don't know, but <laughs> uh, it's a male thing. Trust me. It's just us. I honestly, like I told you, I have such a bad memory, especially when it comes to dreams. I, I can't remember them, but for some reason there are three or four or five that I can just, I'll tell you exactly what happened and, um, detail. Um, and it's crazy, but, and, and it's like I told you at the beginning of the program, ever since I've went on offense, these entities have been attacking me in a different way. Um, now they're playing defense. It's almost like they're trying to, you know, instead of going, you know, they'll come directly at me, but now they're, they're also trying to go out my family. And right now that's what we're dealing with right now is just the constant spiritual warfare, warfare of, you know, um, dealing with it, trying to get to my kids, um, trying to come in through the movies or the music or, you know, I'm not the type that's going to be, you know, you know, uh, it's crazy because you told you said it on your program many times take yourself off of you know the mainstream for two two weeks three weeks a month and see what you see and it's crazy how much you can just see in the movies and in the music and i know at their age they're not going to understand right and uh, right now, that's just what I'm trying to protect them from is because they're, the, the veil is thin so much that they're not even hiding it anymore. I mean, it is crazy yeah. how much uh, they're trying to attack the children and, and this generation. It's insane. 
Yeah, you know, I, I um, and I do say that uh, unplug from the mainstream. When I say mainstream, you know, a lot of times when I say it, I'm referencing about you know the media, but media it does encompass movies and TV shows and movies and all that stuff. It it is one reason why I don't watch a whole lot of movies is because I want a fresh perspective of my own thoughts when it comes to dealing with a lot of stuff. I don't my I don't want you know Hollywood. Uh, imagery and 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 conclusions on how things operate filtering through my mind as to you know how things operate in this realm uh but it, it's true when you when you unplug when you unplug and you let your your mind kind of decompress and and let the brainwashing of the media and like i said broadly media uh kind of filter away you plug in again you see things a lot differently and what you said about the kids and stuff you know what they're not going to understand it but you know what that's why you're their dad it's your job to understand yeah. it it's your job to uh protect the child from things that could harm them that they don't recognize that could be harmful yeah and i typically you know because there's been times here and there where they've said dad you know i i've seen something I, I don't know what it was you know it was black or you know whatever i'll tell you this i don't dismiss it i will not dismiss it i will tell them straight up you know like i'm not gonna be like oh i'll tell you exactly you know let me give you a scary you know picture and show you what you've seen no it, it's look there are things out there that we cannot explain there are things out there that i cannot explain i can tell you this that if you cling to your belief and who Jesus Christ is, they're more scared of you than Nate. You are of it. And I will tell them that you have no reason to fear them. They're just trying to get you. They're trying to make you curious. They want you to look into what they are. And at this point in their life, they don't need to know what they are. They just need to know that they are there and they have the uh, power through Christ over them. That's it at this point in their life. But it's definitely something I would definitely recommend to anybody that's dealing with, you know, kids seeing things. It's show them they have, you know, more power in their little pinky with the power of Jesus than, you know, these entities do. They're, they're, they're terrified of that. They do not want people invoking that name. No, and it's true. It's true. And I've I said this several times on my show and recently. So I, at, at the time of this recording, I'm not sure if, uh, if, if you've heard me say this on my show or not, Chip, but, uh, you know, I, I was a guest on a, another show and it was a radio show, FM radio. And the guy who's the host does a lot of mystical things. And, uh, I don't know what he believes, but I, I just know him and I aren't the same on that stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I shared some of my experiences and, you know, I mentioned about, you know, my faith and things like that. And it was, it was very, it caught me off guard, man. Like he, he said to me, now this is a guy who has his radio show, his audience tunes in because they like him and all that stuff. And he told him, me and his audience live on air that, uh, he knows one thing for sure is that the name of Jesus stops these attacks. And he said, and then he followed that up with that. He didn't, you know, he wasn't sure, you know, what about it, you know, was so powerful. And he kind of, I think he went into like some kind of like sun God talk or whatever, but like it, the, the bottom line was he, he even said to, to me and his audience that, that there's something about the name of Jesus that stops these attacks. And I was just like, 
well, that makes me feel good. You know, <laughs> like, I was like, that's, that's, that's kind of cool that, you know, he, even he would recognize something like that, uh, which, you know, was, was pretty cool for me. But, um, now with these things happening, you know, that you just kind of shared, uh, and how, uh, Josh had told you kind of like you, you just earned your badge, uh, in those moments when you're starting to understand how things are operating, you know, what things are going on, why they're going on. How did you feel? I mean, uh, was, was there a sense of uh, empowerment? I'm assuming not fear, but maybe a little bit. Uh, but you know, were you almost energized in the sense of like, you know, the, the scrub that was on the bench all these years and all of a sudden the coach says, Hey, you're going in. You're like, yeah, let's rock. You know, like what, what, what was the feeling? Well, you know, it goes into, again, I mean, why did Satan have, why does Satan want to keep you from basically embracing your given authority by Christ? And I, you know, wanted to understand that. And I remember we went to a church meeting and one of the weaknesses, because the pastor who was doing the meeting was given, he asked a question. He's like, well, what's your strength and what's your weaknesses? And, you know, I said, my strength, I think was uh, commitment and uh, just basically being, uh, I was uh, uh, loyal. I use the word loyal. My weakness was confrontation. And I said, not anymore. I said, right when I, right when I said those words out loud, I'm like, not anymore. This obviously, this is what Satan wanted me to not be was someone who is going to speak out about him and who he is and that he's a liar and that, you know, I'm not just somebody on the sideline. I'm someone God wants to use. God wanted to use me. And I let Satan scare me, you know, basically him control me uh, for too long. Um, I'm 31, and this happened three years ago to where I finally said enough's enough. That's 28 years of my life, you know, 10 useful years from the age of 18 to 28 where I could have been doing something for Christ, and I didn't. I was too afraid. And when I said that my weakness was confrontation, I said no more. I started a Bible, you know, the Lord told me to start a Bible group on Tuesday nights, um, get with men, hold each other accountable, uh, be the speaker, be the one given the, you know, starting off the meetings. Um, and that's all because of Jesus. It's all because of him, because of our Lord. It's not because of me, but I was too afraid. And that's what it made me want to do was step up, step out, be different. And, you know, no longer, I want when someone sees me to go, you're not who I remember. That's what I wanted. And that's how I felt. I felt different. Finally, um, not necessarily empowered. It was more like I'm who I was supposed to be. I'm finally doing what the Lord wanted me to do. And that's speak up for him and no longer being quiet about it. Well, I would say that you are accomplishing that right now. And, uh, that's cool, man. I, um, I, I'm a little similar in a sense where for me, I, I guess if, if I was asked these questions, I would say, I don't know. I, I, I don't even want to think about my strengths. I, I don't even know. Uh, but the weakness I would say has a lot to do with this show. Um, because 
from my from my just you know your childhood kind of shapes you at, into your adult life and if you let it go on default you just wind up being who you de- default to and a lot of times childhood can shape a human being in their character um and you know I, I had a rough childhood and and into my adult life uh one of the i think weaknesses of mine was that i just wanted people to like me i think i, I went through um uh, the rough childhood that i went through and I, I just had enough of the whole nobody likes me scenario and so I didn't want to ruffle people's feathers, even though I am a fiery individual. I have strong opinions about things. Uh, at the end of the day, a lot of times I would keep my mouth shut on things because I just didn't want to, I didn't want people not to like me. And going into content creation, you're going to have people who just don't like you. And, uh, I, 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 didn't totally understand what I was getting myself into when I first started podcasting. Um, but it was definitely a weakness where I, I, I had to really consciously overcome uh, before podcasting, but definitely into podcasting where I had to consciously stay committed to the fact that uh, sometimes I'm going to say things that people aren't going to like, and it might cause them to turn off the show and never turn it back on. And I have to be okay with that. If I'm saying things that I believe, if I'm saying things that, uh, are coming from the right place, you know? And so I guess for me, you know, that would be a weakness for myself. Um, since we have this powwow going, Josh, what's your weakness? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, um, no, but listen, listen, Chip, I, I I appreciate you sharing these experiences and stuff. And I, and honestly, dude, I the way you laid things out and the way you you relayed your life story, how you view things, I, I do think that you're gonna have, like you mentioned several times in this show on this episode how this this uh, podcast kind of helped. Uh, shape your mind on certain things. And, you know, that that's cool for me to hear, man. Uh, I kind of check you off in a box of uh, several people who've contacted me over the years saying, saying those things. And, um, you know, here's a strength for you then maybe. Uh, one of my, one of my things that I just am passionate about in life is that I want to affect people in their lives in a positive way. Uh, maybe that that comes from the stems from uh, wanting people to like me, but uh, I, I just want to be a positive influence in people's lives. And uh, I don't do it perfectly all the time because I am a fiery individual. So sometimes I, I cork off at, at somebody who I think deserves it and I kind of squander that. But uh, knowing that, you know, the show has has helped you in some way or form. Uh, I, I think that's really cool, man. And I, I appreciate that. And I, I, I take a, a lot of encouragement out of that. No, you definitely run a you run a very good ministry. Whether you know people want to call it that or not, I call it a ministry. You give people a platform, and you know some people are going to come in here, and you know they're going to speak their mind. They're they're maybe going to you know talk about these things as something else. I'm not saying this to be cocky. I'm just telling you, there's only one truth. The truth is in the Bible, and I know you believe it. And to hear someone to you know not afraid to come on to their, I mean, obviously you host a show and you're not afraid to say you're a Christian. I'm just saying, I listen to a lot of radio, I listen to a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of people that claim to be Christian, but there's a lot of people that don't stick to their guns when it comes to, you know, what they truly believe. And you're not afraid to come on here and say, this is what I truly believe. Jesus is the son of God. He came here as a man. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He rose in three days. I mean, you, you're you not afraid to say that. And to me, 
to stand on what you firmly believe is very important, especially to someone who you're, you know, and again, that, that's why you helped me in that regard, because you were not afraid to, you know, you weren't going to stray from your, from your platform, from that platform, that that's the truth. Now, what all these other things are in this world, the Bible's very, it's, it's, it's clear, but vague. I mean, it gives some hints, but there's a lot of questions. But, you know, and that's where we can kind of have fun and, 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 you know, just try to talk with each other and figure out where that is. And if we hear it from an atheist view, if we hear it from a Jewish view, Christian view, whatever, that's fine. But you're not afraid to just stand on what you truly believe. And that's one thing that I'm looking for when I'm trying to, you know, listen to somebody. I, I want someone that's going to stand for the truth. Yeah, you know, like, like I don't. I don't require people to change who they are for them to hold a conversation with me. So, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to people who are Satanists. I'll talk to people who are atheists, who are Buddhists. I don't care, Muslim. I don't care what you believe. I'll hold a conversation with you, and I'm not, and I'm not going to try cramming things down your throat. And I have theological reasons for that. Uh, but the same respect I give to the people that come on my show, whether they're Christian or not. Now, I, I know. Over the years, we've we've had a lot more Christians than anything else in the show. Believe me, I mean, like Chip, you can you can attest to this. I, I didn't recruit you to come on the show. You reached out to me. Uh, if people find out that I'm a Christian and they feel comfortable talking, then we we talk. But uh, the bottom line is, I don't require people to change who they are to hold a conversation with me. And I just ask that the audience and the person that I'm talking to reciprocates that back to me where, you know, they don't require me to change who I am to hold a conversation with me. Cause, uh, I, I mean, after 300 plus episodes, I, I think the point is clear. I, I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to change who I am. And, uh, I don't know. I, for me, it's just, why would you, you know, why would you just, just be who you are? I mean, I'm talking to the person who's on the show or the audience, just be, be who you are. And I'm going to be who I am. And we're going to come to the table. We're going to hold conversations, let the cards fall where they may. And, uh, hopefully we have a, a pleasant time talking. So, uh, that's kind of how I approach the show is how I approach everything. And, uh, I, I got nothing but love for people in general. I don't care who they are. Uh, and you know, that's probably because that's what I'm supposed to do, you know, as a Christian. And so, uh, it is what it is. Anyways, I'm going to get off my soapbox. We're going to make a transition here. Um, now, we're going to transition to Josh. We're going to bring Josh in for this overtime segment. Uh, Josh, you can unmute your mic right now before we roll out of this first segment. Uh, Josh, you are a police officer who has had uh, plenty of experiences on and off duty. And that's what we're going to be getting into in this overtime segment uh, so if the audience wants, if they're, if they're members, they can kind of tune into this next section here, uh, that will be available on the app right away. But I just want to thank you guys for joining me here on this first segment, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate the offer to, to join up. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. And just a reminder, this Friday, March 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are going live on Merkle.media 
for Expedition Dogman, the VIP premiere. If you want to get in on that action, you have to go to Merkle.media and register to become a VIP where we're going to air the Expedition Dogman documentary. And then afterwards, we're going to go live with a live Q&A where we're going to be taking your questions and comments in the chat. We'll be answering it right there live after the documentary. It's going to be a great fun night for you this coming Friday if you're a VIP. So go ahead and check it out if you're interested. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. All right, we're back for the overtime segment. We have Chip here. We have Josh here. Chip said that he's not going to talk a whole lot this segment because he talked so much in the first. I told him he can chime in anytime he wants. But today on the overtime, we're focusing on Josh. Now, uh, Chip had reached out to me and shared his experiences, and we started the ball rolling with getting him scheduled. And then he had told me that he's a friend that he wanted to have join us and stuff, Josh. And uh, Josh is a police officer. And he has uh, a lot of different experiences with uh, being a police officer and the paranormal, which is interesting. One, it's interesting in itself, but also with the fact that he's willing to talk about it. Uh, If anybody was listening to the first segment and they heard some kind of like cuts, that's because Chip said locations that they didn't want in because (laughs) (laughs) it would, it would release the identity of Josh and, you know, for his, for his career and stuff, we we're we're doing that and protecting it. But, um, but yeah, we have Josh here and uh, I forgot to mention it in the first segment, but I, I, if you're listening to this now, you probably heard it, but I'm going to tell Josh now for the first time, I'm going to uh, drop uh, your your information for people to check out and stuff as far as your new channel and things like that. Uh, but for the people listening now, Josh, can you let them know before we get into some of these stories, what the th- what what you're starting up and stuff as far as, uh, yeah. I don't know, would you call it content creation? Yes, it's more of a content uh, creation, if you will. I was going to go into like, gaming online, but then the Lord's moved me into more of a ministry online. So it's going to be right now, it's just Blocker Ministries. Um, and I'm going to be focusing more on, uh, I guess, an area of deliverance and maybe healing, um, as well as just proclaiming the gospel in regards to uh, my grandfather wrote a book. And so he's got uh, a plethora of sermons uh, going back where he. Um, from he was exiled from Russia and all the other jazz. So there's a lot of good uh, uh, stories, and it builds up the faith and builds up confidence. Just Christian and proclaim the gospel. Um, so that that's kind of the platform. It's not actually all set in stone yet. So I'm kind of like uh, moving around, and see how it's going to fit. But that's where I'm leading towards. So awesome, man! So your grandfather was exiled from Russia. What what what's that yeah. about? So he he uh, wrote a book. Uh, he was a missionary, uh, but he grew up in uh, Russia. And then during the uh, revolution, uh, Russian Revolution, if you will, he was exiled. And then it was like uh, it was a it was a, terif- a horrific moment where they basically shipped on uh, trains and shipped out to like Siberia, um, and it was a pretty extensive deal. Uh, long story short, they uh, he was he was a German. Uh, background in Russia, but then they got kicked out of Russia during that time frame. He was also um, about 17 or so. He was uh, becoming a uh, a communist, if you will. And then he decided at that point that he really doesn't uh, 
view the same viewpoints as a communist soldier, if you will. So then he uh, went MIA and basically was on the run from it. So it was kind of a kind of his story. So it's called Under the Red Star and uh, Mark Vizalius Hausman uh, is his name. But uh, that's kind of the premise of the book. And uh, it's all the stuff that he had been involved with and and uh, proclaiming the gospel. He died. Sadly, he died in his mid 40s uh, from an aneurysm. But he had a powerful ministry up to that point. And, uh, and so I just maybe take some of the sermons that he had and some of the stuff that he was involved with and maybe put it over the air and uh, maybe uh, help someone down the road. So that's cool, man. That's yeah. Like I, I just looked it up. It's on Amazon. If anybody wants to check it out and stuff under the red star uh, by Mark Hausman. So yes. that's really cool, man. That's really cool. I wasn't sure if it'd be on uh, Amazon or not, but it is. That's cool. All right. So listen, let's get into uh, your experiences here. And I'm not exactly sure uh, how you want to go about it. I'm going to just kind of hand it over to you and let you kind of run with things and start sharing. Uh, you know, you kind of shared a little bit in the first hour with uh, your experience there. And uh, I know there's more to it because we're going to be getting into, you know, some exorcism talk when you're on duty, but even off duty. Um, but feel free to take it any direction you want to go, man. All right. I appreciate it. So bottom line, just to recap, um, I was saved at the age of five. And then getting into uh, my goal in life was to be a preacher, but the Lord stuck me in law enforcement. And so being in that realm, um, on the job as a Christian, it changed me. Um, in regards to the first 10 years of my career, you could have stuck me next to an unbeliever, and I was almost identical. Uh, I had the mindset of I almost cussed like a sailor when I was at work. I didn't really do it at home, but it was at work. It was the same. So it was really convicting. And so crying out to the Lord in regards to just what, where do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? Um, we had horses and uh, we lived on a farm and I was out feeding them and coming into the house. And as I'm coming in, I'm crying out to the Lord, where do you want me to be at? What do you want me to do? And uh, it was an audible voice in my head. It was very clear. It sounded like, if you will, as the, as the Bible says, uh, like many waters, it was very firm and, and very solid. And it said, Josh, you're working for the wrong man. And so at that point in time, I come into the house, my, my wife's in the kitchen, and I'm like, I think the Lord just talked to me, but I was kind of unclear on what he was trying to tell me. I told her what it was, basically that I'm working for the wrong man. At that point, I'm like crying out to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, if, if that was actually you and you talked to me about this, then you need to tell me what that means because I have no idea. And moments later, uh, the same voice, very strong, very firm, said, Josh, you're working for yourself. And so it just hit me really really hard at that moment that I'm at that point as a Christian and proclaiming the gospel, which I hadn't been doing at all. And so I was really letting the Lord down. I was letting just the faith down in general. So from, from that perspective, I changed my viewpoint at work. So as a police officer, each and every call that I, um, I'm dispatched to, if you will, has been ordained before the foundations of the world. And so with that being said, it's my job to figure out what to say, how to say it, and who to talk to. Maybe just be silent and just be a presence. Uh, so with that being in, in place, the last 12 years of my career has been very powerful. Um, with that mindset, going into different situations, um, you now have the, the host of heaven with you, and you have that authority. And so when you use that authority, the demonic realm recognizes it. They don't see you per se, because they don't really recognize you. But they see the host that's with you, the, the, the uh, heavenly uh, realm that's with you. And so with that being said, it's, it's a very um, 
interesting experience to be on the job, especially in a role as a police officer, but as well being able to be equipped with the eyes to see that realm. And so some of the situations I was in, I'll give an example of one. It was on, uh, uh, basically it was an apartment complex. It was the same complex that Chip was talking about, actually. Um, it was on the second floor. Um, and there was a gentleman, and I'll leave, I won't bring in names or anything, but there was a gentleman that was uh, threatening to commit suicide. And at that point in time, there was another officer that was on the scene on the second floor, and I arrive as a backup unit. And I walk up to the stairs. And he says, can you sit with this guy while I go down and grab some paperwork? I said, sure, that's fine. So I sat with it. I basically stood in the, as I walked into the room, I stood there in the living room. He's sitting on a couch that's up against the wall, and he's closest to the middle of the room on this couch. As soon as I walk in, he looks at me, and he points at me, and he says, you need to leave, and you need to leave now. And I looked at him, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm last I looked, I'm the police. I'm not going to just leave. Uh, we just don't do that. And I said, uh, I looked at him again and I was like, well, I'm not going to leave. And he goes, you need to leave now. And I'm like, but we're not leaving. I'm sorry. And it, uh, the Lord basically put in my mind that I wasn't speaking to him. And so that, that was my first event. And it kind of scared me at first. Cause I'm thinking, well, if I'm not speaking to him, then who am I talking to? And so it, it dawned on me that I was talking to more of a demonic being. 